Happy Saturday evening, everybody. I can tell that you are excited about tonight's guest, and actually guest, because uh, not only is Dr. Jeff Barkey joining us, but his wife, Mary, which uh, you probably tuned in because you saw his name, but when you realize what Mary's dealing with in regards to the state of California and her efforts, you're going to be doubly excited. Uh, I already know because some of you are asking questions already on the live stream, and we'll be taking questions tonight. Uh, uh, that Dr. Jeff can answer, and I guarantee you, you're going to have questions of Mary as well. Uh, and so our guest tonight, as I said, uh, Dr. Jeff and Mary Barkey, and uh, you guys have been married 31 years. Yeah. You were high school sweethearts. Indeed. And uh, you, you met, went to high school in the valley, just mm -hmm. a stone's throw from here. We did. And now you guys are living in Seal Beach. Uh, near Seal Beach. Near Seal mm -hmm. Beach, that's yeah. right. You'd say at the end of the cold sack, just outside mm -hmm. of Seal Beach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got gotcha. and, you. And you uh, went to USC. Undergrad, uh, undergraduate, undergraduate, and then you, you got your medical, your, your MD, University of California at Irvine? Correct. Hey, hey, hey. hey you, you got good memory. Not really, but I try. Yeah. Mary, how about yourself? I uh, went I, to, oh, go ahead. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't have any bio on you. No, so. that's okay. I uh, went to Birmingham High School with Jeff, and then I went off to Cal State Northridge, got a degree in finance, and worked in the insurance industry for about a dozen years, then wanted to raise a family and not work 80 hours a week. So and you got I two kids. Got we two do. kids. They're 22 and 25. Okay. And so I worked in a family business for about 20 years, and we closed that in 2016. Now I'm on the Orange County Board of Education, and I work for the California Policy Center, which is a nonpartisan think tank. And, and that nonpartisan think tank, and also uh, being on the county board of education, mm -hmm. you, interestingly enough, because we know you're one of the frontline doctors, we're going to be talking about your book, and we're going to be talking about COVID and all kinds of stuff. People are going to have a ton of questions for you. Yeah. And, and I imagine that's going to take up the lion's share. But I was so blessed to, because I've been following this lawsuit, because of course we're in one ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, Mary, I didn't realize you were part of this, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you've got. You've got charter schools, regular schools that mm -hmm. are suing the governor, mm -hmm. and and this lawsuit, along with our attorney that's mm -hmm. doing our case, exactly. uh, Bob Tyler, Robert mm -hmm. Tyler, mm -hmm. this, your case actually was received by the California Supreme Court, and the governor has to respond to what you've placed. So tell everyone a little bit about this lawsuit. Okay, so we, we, did, we did sue the governor as the Orange County Board of Education. We included some plaintiffs, some vulnerable families that are most affected by the shutdown. We also had a charter school that came along. A separate suit was filed simultaneously to cover all of the private schools. Amazing attorney, the same attorney that's representing um, Pastor Rob is Tyler Birch. They're just amazing. The California Supreme Court did accept the case, which is highly unusual that they didn't bounce it back. They accepted it. We, we um, turned it in on Friday night. They accepted it Monday. They asked the governor to respond by Friday. He responded that he was the governor and it was a pandemic. And then we responded and about a week later, they said they were going to deny to hear it. So that was extremely disappointing. That just happened this week. But we're going to keep fighting because it's very important that we open the schools for, for the vulnerable kids that, that want the choice to be in school. So we're going to continue fighting. And right now we're back at the table with Tyler Bursch. And um, we'll... The, 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 the travesty of that is all the governor has to say is this is a pandemic mm -hmm. and I'm king. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And That's exactly what he 100%. said. And, and yet the numbers do not... Do not declare, and, and as a medical professional, this is not a pandemic at this point. Well, it hasn't been for a while now, and I'll, I'll tell you, Pastor Rob, it's been super frustrating for me. I, we didn't talk about this, but um, I'm also the co-founder and board chair of a 
brand new charter school in Orange County, free public charter school. We opened a couple weeks ago. We could only open online distant learning because that's what our imperial governor has uh, determined. Uh, our charter school is full. We've got a 200 kid waiting list to get in. Orange County Classical Academy in Orange, California. And unfortunately, we're being forced to do the least effective type of learning and one that is not supported by science. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. A while ago, we had these metrics that you had to meet in order to ultimately open. We had six boxes in mm -hmm. our county. And mm -hmm. we were about to open because we met all, mm -hmm. all his guidelines. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, he changed. He said, mm -hmm. nope, now we got this new mm -hmm. color tiered system. Yeah, purple, red, orange, mm -hmm. yellow. And, mm -hmm. and you, know what the, you know what that's based on? They're based on cases. Cases have nothing to do with infection, infectivity, uh, illness, hospitalizations, or death. Has nothing to do with that. And what we're finding out, especially in kids, when kids get COVID, either they have no symptoms or their symptoms are really mild and they recover quickly. Keeping the schools closed because of case, cases Worst case thing is ridiculous. Yep. And, and we've, we've traumatized all the kids, mm -hmm. and especially the social distancing masks. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we don't even know the psychological ramifications of this. We don't. And with your lawsuit, because as the king, he can just simply dismiss it. This is a pandemic. Mm -hmm. I can do as I please. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court acquiesces to it. But you were contending for impoverished families who get their food, breakfast, lunch, uh, at, at, at school, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who no longer have access to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, folks, as you were saying, oh, they're saying that uh, abuse rates, child abuse rates are down. Mm -hmm. That's because mandated reporters like schools, churches, and doctors have all mm -hmm. been shut down or silenced or distanced from their patients. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and they're saying that abuse is down when they're being quarantined with their abusers. No, 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 no. Exactly. abuse reporting is down. Right. Abuse reporting Ab is, abuse up. Abuse is up. Abuse is up because mm -hmm. they're being quarantined with people that are abusing them and mandatory reporting people like you, like me, like teachers, like counselors. They're out of the loop. Yeah. They're no longer involved. And some parents are actually having to choose between working and staying home with their children. You yeah. know, do I go to work to feed my kids or do I stay home and help them learn? Some parents, English is not their first language. Try assisting your child, you know, on Wi-Fi that might not be so good, especially during the rolling blackouts. During the rolling blackouts, you know, they're trying to be online with their kids and English is their second language. So it's Rolling very blackouts. Mm -hmm. We have the highest taxes of, of mm -hmm. pretty much any state mm -hmm. in the union. Mm -hmm. our, our teachers are still being fully paid. Mm -hmm. Of course. But... The, the parents are doing the teaching mm -hmm. at home, mm -hmm. and, and many of them don't have access to online mm -hmm. classes. But mm -hmm. the governor, because it's mm -hmm. a, a declared pandemic, mm -hmm. has the right to just dismiss everything. Yep. Well, yeah. and the, the unions are behind a lot of it. They don't want to open, and he, he relies on the unions for funding and support because we know he wants to go to higher office. And the unions tell us that, oh, of course they'll open if we defund the police. That has a lot to do with it. Close charter schools and Medicare for all. Uh, you forgot, and release convicts into the oh, streets. Yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. There's that. Yeah. But, but, but if masks yeah. work so well, why, why do we need to do that, by the way? Yeah. Mass, yeah, mass, yeah. you know, everyone has to wear them because they work. Yeah, mm -hmm. except convicts. Mm -hmm. Except convicts, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And people go to jail for not wearing a mask. Yeah. <laughs> you know who else is being paid? Who is continuing to be paid? All the elected officials. All the elected mm -hmm. officials. But no, no, no. They're in this with us. They're in yeah. this together. We're uh -huh. in this together. Mm -hmm. But they still get paid. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we exactly. get to pay the tax. Our taxes increase so they can be paid mm -hmm. because we're in this together. But they're destroying our businesses, mm -hmm. our families, alcoholism. You know, consumption is up, mm -hmm. alcohol mm -hmm. consumption is up, cannabis is essential, churches are not. Mm -hmm. Jeff, Dr. Barkey, I like Jeff. Jeff You've earned the title, but you don't call me Reverend no, or Pastor Rob. Please I, call him Jeff. Yeah, yeah. I'm calling you Pastor Rob. Oh, man, all right. So, Dr. Jeff. <laughs>
Uh, this book, I, you, you just you just got it printed. Hot off the press. And I have to tell you, you, you said you made a thousand copies, and I, I, I thought you were a smart man. I kind of think you're not now. I'm a smart doctor, maybe not a smart businessman. Yeah, huh? well, the, I, I'm telling you right now, we're buying 500 of the thousand you printed. Because Thank you. anyone who's watching tonight that wants answers, and I just, it, it took me a nanosecond to get briefed on so many things, and I know if this is in the hands of the people out there, you read it, you pass it on, mm -hmm. it's gonna dispel all of the stupidity out there in relation to what we're being fed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, you cover in this book a physician's take on the exaggerated fear of the coronavirus. You got a foreword by Dennis Prager, you, you got Larry Elder on the back, and, and every single, you, your chapters, the first, do no harm, premium non, uh, First, do no harm. That's yeah. Latin. Yeah, Latin. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to pronounce Non, no, 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 cerce? Close enough. All right. Immune systems matter. So you, I imagine you're going in and talking about herd immunity. You're talking about the kids having exposure, how you deal with a virus, how you become acclimated. We're talking about the ridiculousness of us taking hand sanitizer and bathing in it 18 times a day. Yeah. We have immune systems that are designed to fight off the pathogens of the world. And but, flattening the curve. We've never done suddenly, that suddenly, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, we've never closed the schools for the flu, and the flu actually kills children. COVID kills very few children. The children that have died in California have had severe morbidities in addition to COVID. They died with said. COVID, not for, from COVID. And, and, and I want to cover that. That's, mm -hmm. that, that's critical tonight. Mm -hmm. because And you're talking, I imagine, uh, in a little dicey, but it says uh, size matters in science and common sense. I imagine that's dealing with masks. It is. And the size of the, the, mo uh, the molecule, the, the, the virus. virus. Yeah. And, and I just got off flights, American Airlines, I, I mean, militant, almost fascist in the way that oh. they're approaching their passengers. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and they're angry. Mm -hmm. I know Mary and I usually fly south. No offense to my dear friend and brother, David Glinky, who would be with us tonight, <laughs> who's an American Airlines pilot, but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a customer. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I was burdened by that. Sorry, yeah. no. Southwest okay. is doing the same thing. They are. They're, they're keeping middle seats open, so it's a little bit more comfortable. But the same thing. So let me make sure I understand. I can fly in a metal tube five hours across the country with a mask on and do so safely. But on a Sunday, I can't sit out right here in the audience for an hour and hear you preach. There's something wrong with that. We've we've got it backwards. Yeah. And, and somehow a church is non-essential in a pandemic. It's unbelievable. Yeah, plane is more essential than being in school right now. Right. Well, and, and here we are. We're sitting together, the three of us. Mm -hmm. You're speaking about the freedom that, that you, you have come to enjoy. I mean, you traveled a great distance to come and sit in this sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And you, you said you enjoyed it. You were blessed mm -hmm. by it. You loved it. Absolutely. And you're we both did. Jewish. Absolutely. You're both yeah. Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. We loved it. You know what's it. funny? On, on the drive out here, I was Googling this just to make sure because in this cancel culture, all kinds of crazy things happening. But when I checked, I think it's still correct. But you tell me, Jesus was a Jew too, right? And my boss is a Jew. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is, well, it, we, we go to um, Chalvary where Jack Hibbs is. He even has a menorah there for us. Yeah, that's right. If you we, get we, a menorah, we might come more often. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do a menorah. You come, <laughs> you, and, and, yeah. and we do a Seder every year. You know, the, the, the Last Supper, as you guys pointed mm -hmm. out, was a Seder. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and interestingly enough, what we do in our Seder is each of the elements, fascinating for us, is, is we see a depiction of the Messiah mm -hmm. in the elements. And we, we talk about the Passover and... You know, when the angel of death passes over the door, the, the blood at, that they place at the top and on the sides and take it with a hyssop branch at the basin, it's, just, it's the points of the cross where Jesus mm. crucified, crowned with mm. thorns. It, 
it's all the picture that we see. So there's so many intricacies mm -hmm. that tie us together. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing about it, let, let's just, you know, obviously to me the critical aspect is the Messiah. Mm -hmm. But let's look at the commonality in the sense that three to five million Jews are delivered from slavery into freedom. That's right. Mm -hmm. And this is the beginning. And, and as, as Christ declared, you'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. Mm -hmm. The apostle Paul says, you know, a Jewish rabbi says, stand fast therefore in the liberty for which Christ has set you free. Everything about the context of the Old Testament, which would be your scriptures, our New Testament, combined 66 books of the Bible, you, you combine all that, it's this thread of deliverance of people creating the image of God, Elohim, let us make man in our image. And then this unified diversity and, and singular plurality. And then the enemy seeks to enslave us and God comes to free us. You know, it's, it's interesting that the, the mm -hmm. founders of this country, as they were putting all the details together, they had contemplated as the emblem of this country a depiction of Moses leading the Jews, the Hebrews at the time, right. out of Egypt. Because they really believed, not unlike the Jews being led out of Egypt, they too were being led out of, you know, the burden of, in effect, slavery. Tyranny. Of tyranny. tyranny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Right. And, and, and founded that these, the, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments given to Moses on Mount Sinai, which is depicted on many of our federal buildings in mm -hmm. Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. is, is a, a, a giving of moral knowledge and a recognition, a recognition of a creator, the laws of nature, nature's God, that these are inalienable rights endowed by our creator. They didn't demand adherence. And as a matter of fact, it was Washington, George Washington, who dedicated the first synagogue in America. Hmm. And when you read that dedication to that synagogue and his embrace of that, it, it is one of the, the most remarkable early writings we have of our founders. Is that in New York? Um, you have to give me a second on that. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's in Massachusetts, but okay. I will okay. follow up. I'll have it for I, you tonight. I'll, okay. I'll pull yeah, it up. Yeah, I'd love to know that. Yeah. And, 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 and this nation was established because they knew that a constitutional republic could not survive without mm -hmm. a moral people. Mm -hmm. That's right. Exactly. And, and that, that these inalienable rights don't come from man because man seeks to mm -hmm. enslave. Mm hmm they come from God. Exactly. And God seeks to set free. Mm -hmm. So here we are exercising our liberty, but, but truth is critical in freedom. Mm -hmm. And lies are used to demean those we don't like and to cause them to be less than us. And to create fear. And to create fear. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're doing this for your safety. Mm -hmm. What is that? Well, you need to live in this area of Poland mm. because they're going to, they, they, they don't understand you. So we're going to mm. put you here for your safety. Mm. Yes. And you need to wear this star. Mm -hmm. And then you need to take a train trip. Yeah. No, now we need to remove you from here. Mm. Mm -hmm. And now we need you to wear a mask for your own good. Yep. And we need you to stay at home and close mm. your business. Mm -hmm. Yep. We need you to keep your kids out of school. Mm -hmm. And eventually we're going to need your arm to put a vaccination in it. Yeah. And, and. And we're going to educate your children. And as we teach them online, don't look over their shoulder. Sign this waiver. Unbelievable. Because we're going to tell them what they need to think instead, or what they need to, we're going to indoctrinate them instead of educate them. We don't want you to see this. That's yeah, right. Yeah, you know, some parents have found the silver lining is they have been homeschooling their children. Every, and parent, every parent needs to break away. Yep. And, and homeschool and giving them their value. So that's been the silver lining for the families that can afford to do that. 
It's but even in the state of California, uh, in this next election, if, if people don't awaken to the responsibility of the constitutional republic, and we continue to allow t tyrannical rule in the state, mm -hmm. uh, there won't be homeschooling. We'll yeah. shut that or, down. Or charter schools. Biden yeah. has already said charter schools yeah. are gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, that's why Pastor Rob, Mary, and I are here sitting in your church, because we see that awakening happening. Mm -hmm. We've been on, we were talking earlier, Mary and I have been on a church tour of late, because it's the evangelical Christians that I truly think are waking up the population mm -hmm. and are waking up their congregants and could quite possibly save this country. Mm -hmm. You know, evangelical Christians in the United States are the, are the best friends that Israel has. And we've seen some of those actions over President Trump's three years, four years, moving of the embassy to Jerusalem, the recent peace deals that were made with the U, UAE and others. We're seeing that. And in no small part, that has been influenced because of the e evangelical outreach to both President Trump and the country. Mm -hmm. And now I'm hoping that we're seeing that again with an awakening of the American population back to the founding principles of the founders of this country, yeah. the Judeo-Christian principles that unfortunately have been buried and have been kept underground. And finally, people are now standing up and sitting up saying we've had enough, enough already, rioting in Portland and all over the country. We've, we've, the average citizen, both left and right, Democrat and Republican, I think are saying enough is enough. Yeah. I hope so. I, I'm seeing it across the country too. At least it, folks are starting to realize that this is a gimmick. And, and, and the more we look at this, and I want to talk on this, because this will cause some folks their, their fears and trepidations, and also to be able to give a ready answer because the, the, the traditional media and the narrative out there is contrary to the facts. Yep. Mm -hmm. So help, and, and this, is, this is a time, folks, where you can start asking questions. Uh, Micah will put them up on the screen as you're asking them. But I, I wanna begin, uh, Dr. Jeff, with masks. Because I, I just finished flying on that airline. Um, I mean, militant. And, and sadly, it was depending on the the apparel you were wearing on how militant they got. And they're wearing political badges on American Airlines, mm -hmm. declaring their political position. If you're wearing something contrary to that, they are militant on the mask wearing and they'll boot you out of American Airlines. You will never be able to fly again. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the efficacy of masks. Is this something that we should be enforcing across the nation? You know, listen, if masks are so effective and you're at high risk and you have a mask on, then why do I need to wear one? So here's the reality of masks, and it's been studied, and the science is out there. Don't believe me. Google it and look at the studies. There was a study done not too many years ago looking at the efficacy of masks with influenza and the common cold, and the conclusion was they just don't work. There aren't any studies looking at masks and COVID. It's all anecdotal evidence looking at this population or that population, et cetera. As a matter of fact, I was just reading uh, that in Japan, they're having a, a bit of a resurgence of uh, COVID-19. Now, this is a country that's used to wearing masks all the time, every day, wherever they go, yet they're having a resurgence. Mm -hmm. So from a science standpoint, you look at the size of the virus compared to the, um, the ability of a mask to filter any mask, if you look at the typical surgical mask, it's the equivalent of trying to stop a mosquito with a chain link fence. And the argument of course is, well, what about droplets? Doesn't the mask catch droplets? Yes, of course it does. So if you're sick, 
First of all, you shouldn't be out in public. Mm -hmm. You should be home, whether it's COVID-19 or any other illness. Right. Um, and you shouldn't be putting a mask on to try to protect others if you're sick. And so masks have very little utility. Now, I can understand if you're in New York in public transportation, crammed into a subway, you might want to put a mask on. But moving about in the general population, popping into a supermarket to get whatever you want to buy, going into a restaurant, et cetera, there really isn't a good reason to put a mask on. And if, you, if you're at high risk and you want to wear a mask, by all means, wear a mask. But to mandate the masking of the general population doesn't make any scientific sense. And I think more importantly, doesn't make sense from the standpoint of our personal liberty. It's just not right for the government to be mandating such a thing. Well, I, you know, I'm in Phoenix. <clears throat> I'm in my car. I'm watching a, a, a fairly heavy set woman. So there's obesity going on. Mm -hmm. It's 115 degrees outside. Mm -hmm. She's walking outside wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. that, that just, just the carbon dioxide she's breathing in that kind of heat. It's mm -hmm. not healthy. It's going to kill her. Yeah. And, and now churches can't meet indoors. We have to meet outside. The last two Sundays have been over 100 degree temperatures. Mm -hmm. And now we're supposed to wear masks, social distance, and be outside. That's healthier than being in with ionization machines, UV lights. No, it's not. It, it just... It's insane. It's, it's really frustrating. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. David asked me to share an example I think he saw in one of my videos or read in one of my posts, and that is in my office we have a fitness studio, 1,500-square-foot fitness studio, and two full-time trainers. And so just for fun, this was several months ago, I decided to test the theory of how that mask affects you. So first of all, I had the trainers just check a pulse ox, little device that fits on your finger that measures oxygenation. So at rest, it should be somewhere in the high 90s. No mask at rest, high 90s. Uh, then I had them put a mask on. Same thing, check it. Still maybe dropped a point or two, but still in the normal range. Then I had them get on a treadmill and go for a brisk walk. And after only a few minutes, that oxygenation level dropped precipitously. One of the trainers that was in the high 70s unhealthy for any length of time. The other trainer was in the mid 80s. So exercising with a, a mask on makes no sense at all. It's but dangerous. I see it every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see people riding their bike with a mask on. I see them jogging down PCH with a mask on. And then, of course, my favorite is driving in their own car by themselves with both gloves and a mask on. And I, I almost want to take out my camera and take a picture of them. It's just so I, ridiculous. I, I have done that. Uh, there's a question that says, what's the title of the book? Um, and, and I'm going to, I said, we're, we're going to take 500 copies. You might get them to sign them, too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. And I, 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 we'll, we'll sell them for eight bucks a piece. That, that, that's a break even. Uh, but it's COVID-19, a physician's take on the exaggerated fear of the coronavirus. So like all of you, I'm sure when I buy books, I go to Amazon, I buy way too many. Half of them I don't read, they show up and Mary says, well, are you, when are you gonna read the last 10 you ordered before you, this new one comes? Would you please stop doing that? So I go to Amazon, if you type in my name, full name, Jeffrey, middle initial I, Barky, scroll down a little bit, you'll see it comes up. I checked today, what it says on there is unavailable and that's because our supply of books hasn't physically come in. We expect it tomorrow or Monday. And so the way Amazon works, I'm new, I've never done this before, is Amazon won't list it for sale until they physically have the, the actual book that they can then, if you're a Prime member, they mail out and so forth. So within the next few days, it'll be available on Amazon 
or you can go directly to my publisher, americasgroup.com, americasgroup.com, and order it there. Or my daughter would, uh, will, will be texting me if I don't say this, my social media, rxforliberty.com, rxforliberty.com, and you'll see it posted there as well as some of my other pieces that I've, that I've written. Awesome. That was a good question. What do you recommend schools to do when they reopen? Are any restrictions viable? They should reopen yesterday, and children are at very, very low risk of COVID-19. When they get COVID-19, they either have no symptoms or they have very mild symptoms. And equally important, there is almost no evidence that those kids spread it to their adult teachers. As a matter of fact, those teachers are at greater risk in the teacher's lounge, not in the classroom. So what should schools be doing? Just common sense stuff. Wash your hands, soap and water. If you want to use a little hand sanitizer, fine. If you want to bring a crew in to scrub the place down at night and make it sanitized, fine. There should be no social distancing among children. They're at low risk. Uh, No child should be wearing a mask, in my opinion, that's a form of child abuse. It interferes with learning. Yep. It interferes with their mental health development. It, char- it, it creates unnecessary fear, unnecessary anxiety and depression, and it's just wrong to put a face covering on a child. And tell me, how about a kindergartner? You send your kindergartner to school right at lunchtime, they trade sandwiches. Yeah. You're going to have your kindergartner coming home with somebody else's mask on. I mean, yeah, and, and what about every time you need a drink or you want to eat something? That mask is no longer serving its purpose when you're taking it off, dropping it on the ground. I say Jeff can, can barely keep a mask clean. Try having a first or second grader keep their mask clean yeah. all day in between meals. Well, my favorite is you go into a restaurant, you wear the mask nine feet to your table and you take it off. Not me. I do a running dash to the table and then I run back out. So I carry this thing around just in case. I do believe also in civility and being polite. And if there's people that are fearful and it's helpful for them to me for for a short period of time to put a mask on, I'll do that. I also believe that, that a private business has a right to dictate the terms under which you will patronize that business, and you as a customer have a right to go in there or not go in there. Mm-hmm. So when I need to go in somewhere and they have a mask policy, I'll put a mask on, even though I, I think it's uh, very ineffective. The other question that I'm asked, I'll ask myself this question because I think it's important. You know, Barky, if masks don't work and they're not good, why do surgeons wear masks when they're operating? I'm glad you asked that question, and I'll answer it. I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. So here's the deal. And, and when I was a medical student, you go through a surgical rotation. I know what it's like to be in the operating room, standing over a patient for long periods of time. The reason why surgeons wear masks in the operating theater is because they have to talk during an operation. The other doctor they're talking with, the anesthesiologist, the nurse that is helping them and handing them intra- in- instruments. So when you're talking... It's normal. You're talking, you got a little spittle coming out sometimes, especially some people. <laughs> and if you're standing or standing or leaning over a patient and you're talking to the nurse and the doctor and so forth, it's not uncommon. You have a little spittle that comes out. You don't want that into an open wound, not because of a virus, but more because you have bacteria that naturally live in your body and in your nose, and you don't want that in the patient. But equally important, if you've ever been in an operating room, just Google uh, a, a video of an operation and you'll see this. There's suction, there's, um, there's um, saline rinse and so forth, and you have a lot of splashing going on as well. So if you don't have a mask on, you 
you're going to end up with bits of tissue in your mask and you in your it. mouth yeah. and so forth. And that's not healthy for you. That's why, by the way, surgeons also wear glasses, either protective glasses or if they have reading glasses or what have you, to keep the fluids and pieces of tissue out of your face. And if the operation is going on any length of time, they're going to swap out the mask. They may step away, scratch their nose, remove the dirty mask, put a clean mask on. So these things were never designed to prevent viral infections, and they were never designed to be worn for only, other than only a small period of time. Then you throw it away and you get a new mask. Uh, and then when you wear, and we've covered this too, but when you wear the N95 or you wear these, these for the, the, the ones that, you know, World Health Organization are the ones that are going in for these, you know, terrible viruses, Ebola, and the, and the things that are highly contagious. You're in a hazmat suit. Mm -hmm. and, you are. And, and that is, this is, this is absolutely worthless in relation to that. It is. And the N95 masks are worn in the hospital. So if you're an ICU nurse or doctor and you're taking care of very ill patients with COVID or others. And they have to be fitted. You have to be, they come in different sizes, you're specially fitted, and you're wearing them only for a few minutes. You go into the ICU, you take care of the patient, you do what you need to do, you come out, and you know what you do with that mask? You throw it away. In a biohazard. And mm -hmm. you get a new mask the next time you go in. You don't set it on your counter, mm -hmm. on your car dashboard, mm -hmm. and then keep using Have it. Have it back hanging and forth. from the mirror. It's like the new thing that hangs from everybody's mirror when you're you, driving you around. You stuff it in your pocket just to, oh, this store requires it. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife is having, she, she was going to get her blood drawn, she was getting mm -hmm. some tests done, mm -hmm. and she had to fast the night before. She's over at the lab. I go to visit her because the, the other place couldn't take her, so she had to go. So she's going on not having food. She doesn't do well with that. Mm -hmm. And I can see she's Me getting too. faint. And, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm going to go get her something. So the minute she gets her blood drawn, mm -hmm. and I'm limited on time. So I drive as fast as I can, obeying the speed limit, pull into a, a, a gas station convenience store. I walk in, and he says, you can't come in here without a mask. I said, my wife's got a hypoglycemic kind of issue. I need to just get something real quick. It, it's, it, it could be concerning. Could, mm -hmm. it, it, can I just point? Maybe you grab it. Because you can't come in here without a mask. I go, I'm not wearing a mask. He goes, right. I said, so you can see my face. He says, yeah. I said, this face will never step foot in this business ever again. And, and this, is, this is a medical issue mm -hmm. I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this is a scam. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, now, yeah. granted, I was probably a little harsh. Mm -hmm. Because he probably got so. written the riot act by the owner or I don't know what. Mm -hmm. This is the craziness of our community. Yes, it is. Over something that doesn't work. That's right. And it's the mandating of something mm -hmm. that doesn't work mm -hmm. by our imperial governor and the authorities. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the one that's getting me is we're conditioning our children to have a gun pointed to their head for their temperature to be taken. I know. Oh, my gosh. I, I know. know. And they're shooting those infrareds right into the, what? Pineal gland. The pineal gland. And it just, we're just taking it like, oh, boop, oh, boop. Yeah, I had, a, I had a, a, a family member of our school uh, specifically reach out to me and ask, I, I get it if my kid isn't feeling well and you want to take their temperature, but what I would ask of you is that you use the thermometer that you put under the arm or, you know, or something of that sort, more of a traditional way of measuring a temperature rather than pointing literally a gun at their head and or, measuring or it, it that way. Wrist. Exactly. Um, okay. Can the, virus, can the virus spread asymptomatically? If so, what are the chances of asymptomatic spread? How should this affect our view of mask wearing? Good, you know, good tie-in. Yeah, no, for sure. So let, let's, let's uh, deal with some definitions first. 
asymptomatic, so that means what the question I believe means is somebody that actually has the virus, but they have no symptoms. As a matter of fact, I, I dealt with a couple uh, this afternoon, live in Las Vegas, uh, older, mid-70s, maybe 80, and they both tested positive. The testing is a whole nother thing. Is it accurate or not? But mm -hmm. just for the sake of this uh, argument, let's assume it is accurate. They both tested positive, but they have no symptoms at all. So they called and they want to know what to do. Should I take any medicine? Should we use hydroxychloroquine or not, or just sit tight and wait? And so could they actually spread if they're asymptomatic? And the answer is very unlikely to spread if they don't have symptoms. How is it spread? By coughing and sneezing and rubbing your nose and touching something, and then somebody else gets it. So if you don't have symptoms, you're not coughing and you're not sneezing, the likelihood of an asymptomatic person spreading it to somebody else is very, very low. And so I'm not worried about that. And if you use common sense, wash your hands carefully, um, don't sneeze or cough on people, and you just use common sense approach, there's nothing to fear about this virus. So by the way, in this case, I talked to them and said, listen, we got two options, one chicken soup and keep your fingers crossed and I hope you are an asymptomatic person and continue to be asymptomatic. Or why don't we try another approach, and that is, why don't we use a little hydroxychloroquine that at worst isn't going to help you, and at best may actually prevent this virus from becoming symptomatic and injuring you because they're in a high-risk group because they're older and they've got some pre-existing conditions. So that's exactly what we did. We yeah. put them on a short course of hydroxychloroquine along with some recommended supplements, zinc, quercetin, Vitamin D3 that I think is very important, um, vitamin C, um, and I think they'll be good to go. This is the first time, as I've been told, that medical doctors, how, how long did it take you to get your MD? Uh, well, let's see, you go to medical school for four years and an additional three years of training, not to mention all the undergraduate stuff. Yeah, so. 11, 11 12. Years. Okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of education, a lot of hard work goes into getting a, a doctor of medicine, an MD. And now the pharmacist, when you call in hydroxychloroquine for your patient, the pharmacist questions you on what you're using it for. That's right. Has this ever happened before that the pharmacist can step between the doctor and the patient and the, 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 the desired care? Nope. This actually happened just a couple days ago with somebody you know very well that comes to this church. I won't mention his name. And we had to go through two different pharmacies before we found one that was willing to dispense hydroxychloroquine. Uh, in March of this year, every licensed medical doctor in California received a letter from the Medical Board of California. The Medical Board of California is our licensing board. They oversee the, of what we do as physicians. Uh, the medical board is appointed by the governor. Every physician received a letter that basically said uh, we would be conducting unprofessional conduct if we prescribe hydroxychloroquine for COVID-19. Never in my career have I seen that before. And keep in mind, hydroxychloroquine is non-controlled. So I would have an easier time, Pastor Rob, of writing you a prescription for OxyContin and you getting it filled down the street at the pharmacy than writing you a prescription for hydroxychloroquine that has been proven safe, it's been around for 65 years, and it's not controlled. But you'd walk in and that pharmacist would say, why do you want this? <laughs> and you'd say, hopefully, it's none of your business. It's between me and my doctor, and please prescribe this very inexpensive, non-controlled, safe medication. Please fill the prescription. Yeah. All right. Now, there's going to be questions on the live stream immediately. So you said the person <clears throat> that, that 
you wrote the prescription for, I would know. And, and I don't know that there's been anyone who's been given a prescription because I'm on record as stating since May 31st, I don't know of a single case. This person is not ill. Okay. This person wanted the prescription to have in case. Oh, a, a prophylactic. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. All right. Because if, if that's the case, I wanted everyone to know because sure. I've been yeah, candid. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't no, no, it's, to, it's okay. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. I, if it was, if there was a case, I wanted everyone to know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Because, you know, I've been tested. Some of the staff members have been tested. Nobody has it. I, mm -hmm. I, and I didn't even, I'm not even symptomatic. I just tested to get, right. put everybody at ease. Right. Mm -hmm. I went, actually, I went in for colonoscopy and had to get tested anyway. So right, right. I, I've been tested. That's a different enough. kind of Q-tip that they put up, up oh, pretty Oh, boy, far. that one. Yeah, man, they're, 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 they're tickling brain matter up there. <laughs> and my eyes started twitching. You That's know, right. I was like, oh. <laughs> All right, we got another question. Uh, what are your thoughts on citizens? Uh, this is probably you, Mary. What are your thoughts on citizens filing lawsuits against the state to get their attention? I think the more the merrier. I, I think that we should just, you know, the governor's office, that they should just be bringing in carloads of, of suits and, and mail. And I think everybody has to have a voice. And maybe he'll realize that the people that elected him are more important than the unions, who's who he typically answers to. So I think everybody should sue the governor. Lawsuits are good. They're, they're complicated. They can be expensive. There's, mm. there's, it's, it takes a lot of effort. In addition to that, if you have the resources and, and the courage and the, and the well with all to do that, just call the governor too. Yeah. Or write a letter. Call, uh, write a letter, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, lots write of a, letters. Get, get all the people in your community to write letters to the governor, mm -hmm. your local politicians, your local stores that you don't like their mm -hmm. policies, get involved. Mm -hmm. I was asked to speak last night at an event. Mm -hmm. I'll probably not be invited back. And I had a long trip from the East Coast. I was tired. Mm -hmm. But I had, I had seen the data. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking uh, across the United States. There's going to be 50 million new ballots with this vote by mail. Yeah. Uh, November 3rd, win or lose either party, America as we know it is going to be in a detrimental position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One party may win on election night, and then cities will burn. Mm -hmm. Another right. party may win on election night, and then lawsuits. I mean, it's either way, this is going to be mm -hmm. unlike anything we've ever seen. Absolutely. That being said, uh, however anyone feels about this individual, his name's George Soros. He has spent this month alone $380 million to influence this election. Mm -hmm. That's $380 million. Mm -hmm. Uh, Act Blue, which is funded through BLM, mm -hmm. given by corporation, corporate America, billion dollars, and George Soros has already spent 19 billion. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we're looking at a fundamental change. Mm -hmm. And if I had told you on January 1 of, of 2020, Jeff, Mary, every church in America is going to be closed this year. <laughs> 65% of the restaurants will never reopen and they're going to lose their life savings. And we're going to release convicts on the streets. We're going to shutter all schools. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to declare religion non-essential. Mm -hmm. We're going to absolutely devastate the economy. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do it over a virus that, conservatively speaking, has a 1 one-hundredth of 1% death rate. Sounds like a bad Mel Gibson movie or something. Would anyone have believed me? And what's the first thing you would have said? Cons conspiracy theory. Right. Nobody, I feel nobody, like I'm in a bad movie. That's yeah. what I feel like. I'm yeah. in a bad movie. And, and, and we're looking at this now. Mm -hmm. 
and we know the virus, mm-hmm. we see the overreach, mm-hmm. and nobody's doing anything. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. And we're watching this. Well, not nobody, but not enough yeah, people. Not enough. But they're saying, should we do more lawsuits? Mm-hmm. They cost money. Well, I understand that, but I think more people should do. More people. Who, me? Mm-hmm. You guys? You're in? I'm in? Mm-hmm. Who else? Mm-hmm. They're expensive. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but this is what you need to do when you're in that lawsuit, Rob. This is, this is what you need. And I get these letters all the time. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm, I'm in it. Why don't you do a lawsuit and right. you carry your own direction? Yep. Everyone wants you to do what they want you to do when you're in the middle of it having to pay for it. We're the only educational government entity that I know of that is suing the governor. And I've been told that by... Unbelievable. It is. It is unbelievable. Because when Tyler Bush came to us and said, will you do this? We said, absolutely. Thank you for asking. And now people are like, are you going to continue to fight? I'm like, yeah, we lost a little battle. We still got the whole war ahead of us. We are going to win. I think it's important for people to know also... um, Who's paying for this lawsuit? Uh, we're not. It's a pro bono lawsuit. Yeah. Tyler Bursch is amazing. Let, let me back that up. Pro well, bono means free. Yes. yes. Nothing's free. Yes, right. you're right. You're right. Nothing's these, free. These people are yep. burning the candle at both ends. Yep, yep they are. They're oh one of the gosh. only legal teams yep. in California carrying every mm-hmm. lawsuit. Yep, yep. They well, have to read briefs. They have to prepare yep. these. Right. It right. is unbelievable case work. They've got families to feed and lives to live. Yeah. You know what? I couldn't agree more. And let me tell you something else. As a board of education, we're also about to be sued by the freedom from religion to stop our invocations and removing God we trust. And so we hired Tyler Burst and we are paying Tyler Burst, even though we know he would have done that pro bono. We said, no, we are going to pay you for this because it's the right thing to do. So he's also representing us on that case. Yeah. And, and I, I, I say that to folks because mm-hmm. We're glad somebody's in a lawsuit, mm-hmm. but you have to understand freedom from religion is mm-hmm. funded, and you've got mm-hmm. Soros donating mm-hmm. billions, mm-hmm. Yep. And, yep. and we look, and our founders pledge their lives, their fortunes, mm-hmm. and their sacred honor. Mm-hmm. November 3rd, mm-hmm. the most seminal election in our lifetime. Oh, I've heard that before. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I said, January 1 of 2020, had I told you all this would have happened, mm-hmm. would you believe that? So the, the question is, they pledge their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor. Doctors are being censored. Mm-hmm. Their, their care and the privacy with their patients. They're being fired. Oh, being fired, yeah. 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 And losing licenses. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. This, this is a political mm-hmm. witch hunt. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and they, they want to shutter churches. John MacArthur. But they, you can go gamble. You can go to Las go Vegas gamble. and go in a casino. Because that, there's tax revenue in that. That blows me away that you can go in a casino and not a church. That, yeah. that is one of the most mind-boggling things to me. Why, why or school. Why school. isn't every pastor in America mm-hmm. screaming out loud and opening their church? Mm-hmm. And, and in addition, why isn't every citizen in America mm-hmm. and every business owner suing? Yeah. Op- or opening. Why doesn't everybody just every, open it once? Everyone, everyone stop this insanity mm-hmm. and don't let them do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Quit being a lemming. Mm-hmm. and running off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Stand. Mm-hmm. It's time. It's time we stand. And why are children going to child care? Essential workers get free child care. How come you can have child care? Why aren't we teaching them? Why are kids just sitting in child care? Why aren't we teaching those children? All right. I'm, I'm gonna, I, that's a soapbox, and I've got to calm down. <laughs> All right. Here's a good question, I think. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, do you have any thoughts on oleandrin for COVID-19? Yeah, I, you know, I saw that. I don't know what that product is. I don't if you, either. If you send me an email and remind me, I'm happy to look it up. Oleandrin? Uh, I, th- I think there are some excellent supplements that I recommend 
um, in preparing your body's immune system. I mean, listen, most importantly is to take really good care of you. And what that means is to eat clean, exercise regularly, get plenty of sleep, keep your stress and your fear levels low because that affects your immune system. Once you're doing those things, there are some supplements you can take that I think make a difference. Vitamin D3, vitamin C, zinc, about 50 milligrams a day, and a supplement called quercetin. Quercetin is an anti-inflammatory supplement that works as an ionophore. What that means is like hydroxychloroquine, it helps the zinc get into cells and zinc messes with the viral replication. So those four supplements I think are good to take just on a daily basis to prepare your immune system in case you get sick. And then what I would do, to be honest with you, is don't wait to get the virus. I hope you don't get it. But if you do get it, you want to have a doctor that you know that understands how to treat it and is willing to treat you with hydroxychloroquine. So I'd spend some time and make a few phone calls. Um, you know, Google if you need to. Primary care doctors near me. And just start making phone calls until you find one that's willing to do that if you do get, mm -hmm. if you do get sick. All right. Somebody's Sorry, that, that may be me. I apologize if it that's is. That's okay. Maybe it's somebody important. Could, be the, could be the COVID hotline. Is it? it no, it's a telemarketer. <laughs> How about that? We've never had that on our live stream before. <laughs> There's a first for everything. Yeah. Uh, before we get to this question, um, so when we were before the judge, and you know, I was, uh, I, I swore to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And yeah. through the Freedom of Information Act, we acquired from the county of the, at the time, little over 100 deaths attributed to COVID. At the time, only two of them were from COVID. The rest were with COVID. Yes. And I say that because the, the CDC tracks deaths from influenza every year. They don't track how many people had influenza. No, they don't. They, don't, they don't. they only track the people who died from the influenza. They don't track people who died in a car accident who had influenza. They do not. They, didn't, they don't track people who had, had an overdose who had influenza when they died. Right. They tracked people who died from influenza. But this virus, we, we now have attributed over 200,000 deaths nationwide. And in our own county, and if you do the projected data, it's the same in the county as it is in the nation, or even the state. The, the, the percentage, although it seems smaller in the county, the percentage of those who died from COVID is minuscule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now the CDC says 6% of all the deaths in the United States of America mm -hmm. attributed to COVID, 6% of them mm -hmm. died from COVID, 94% mm -hmm. died with. What other virus have we ever mm -hmm. measured? Track this way? Yeah. None. And I don't believe a lot of the numbers because I, I have seen firsthand situations. I have a patient that owns a nursing home in Orange County, and he tells me a story of an <clears throat> old lady, mid-90s, that was on hospice for a couple months, congestive heart failure and some other illnesses that ended up, ended up having her on hospice. She passed peacefully. The saddest part about that, by the way, she passed with no family at her mm -hmm. bedside because she wasn't allowed to have family because yeah. of the COVID lockdown. All the people who have died without their loved ones is tragic. Yeah. So... Yeah. 
infuriating. So a few days later, the death certificate has COVID listed as a cause of death because they checked her blood or did whatever they do, and sure enough, she had COVID. Maybe. Even though the reason why she was in hospice and the reason why this 94-year-old or so died had nothing to do with COVID, and we're seeing that repeated over and over and over again. The federal government incentivized not incentivized, but um, rewarded hospitals that had COVID deaths, they paid them more from a Medicare standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I understand initially why they may have wanted to do that, because some hospitals were being overwhelmed, they were being burdened, so they, they wanted, wanted to help them. They wanted to help them. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening is, and I'm not saying doctors purposely lie or try to deceive, but there's a natural tendency to lean in the direction of that which rewards you. And so if a patient doesn't have laboratory diagnosis for COVID, but passes of some similar symptoms, it's really easy just to check that box and then you get higher reimbursement. So a lot of those, you know, 6% or 94% that are COVID may not actually be COVID. So we don't even know that to be the case. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of these numbers are inflated for a whole variety of reasons. And we see people, for example, I have patients that they test positive and they want to get tested again to either confirm it. So they go to another testing site and get tested. Well, is that now two cases that is reported? And they get tested a third time and a fourth time because they're a little bit neurotic and they have multiple <laughs> tests that are positive. Are all those tests now being reported as a positive test case? I think they are. Mm -hmm. What about the person that comes home from New York, tested positive there, gets retested here in California? Now we got double, now mm -hmm. we're double dipping. The numbers are crazy. It's really difficult to know what to do with these statistics, but they're being used to create fear and panic within the population. And, and the other thing that we've seen is somebody, somebody will be, their loved one will die. They didn't have COVID. They go, and they weren't allowed to be by their bedside when they died. When the mortician goes to care for them and they have the death certificate, they say, no, 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 no. This is a died of COVID. They didn't have COVID. So the mortician lets the coroner know. The coroner says, yeah, you're right. That, you know, but it's not changed in the county numbers or no. the state numbers. No. Mm -hmm. It's a total farce. Uh, yeah. Of 94% that died with comorbidities, how many are downstream deaths from the effects of COVID-19? For example... Lower respiratory infection. I mean, what yeah. other virus do we do that with? But go ahead. We, we don't. And, you know, somebody has congestive heart failure and pneumonia, and they happen to have COVID, so it's listed. So they're, listen, we're all going to die, right? And what, what, whatever label we put on it, I don't know that it matters. Um, well, one label gets you $19,000 for your hospital. <laughs> apparently. So many of these cases are people that would have died shortly. Could COVID have sped th things up a little bit? Maybe. We also know that almost 50% of the deaths are occurring in nursing homes. The way a healthy society should approach this is you protect the most vulnerable. We should absolutely protect the older folks, those that have pre-existing conditions, educate people on how to care for themselves. But we need to let the rest of us have maximum liberty. It's crazy. The example I give, we have a friend locally in our, in our neighborhood that's uh, recovering from breast cancer, stage four breast cancer, and, uh, and she underwent chemotherapy. So during chemotherapy, her immune system is quite susceptible. It's beat up. She's, she's susceptible for infections because her immune system is being suppressed by the chemotherapy. Well, what we don't do is we don't go around the neighborhood, knock on everybody's door and say, everybody in the neighborhood has to wear a mask to protect her. No, we protect her. And if she goes out, she's going to be extra careful. 
stay away from people. Maybe she'll put a mask on if she goes into a, into a restaurant or a store, but we don't ask the entire neighborhood who is not at risk to protect the one person who is at risk. This is the first time I've ever seen that done. Mm -hmm. So the very first Sunday uh, that it kind of went public and uh, we violated the, the emergency TRO, the church was packed to capacity. I've never seen it that full. And I'm coming into the sanctuary saying hello to people th that I've never met. And one woman says, Pastor Rob, I've driven in from Henderson, Nevada. Wow. I'm stage four cancer. And I wanted to come today. And I said, dear, you're, you're high susceptibility to the virus. This is dangerous for you. She said, I want to live free, mm -hmm. even if the virus takes me. Yeah. I want to be yeah. worshiping God and living free. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. And that's correct. And, and that's her freedom. Mm -hmm. And I said, then worship. It that's your life. It mm -hmm. should be up to her. Up to mm -hmm. her. Not up to the government, you know. Right. Uh, One more. A, doc, uh, not a, a, a pastor who I'm going to be speaking at his church in October. And... and I don't know if it's public, and I'm going to leave it alone, but um, he, he uh, contracted COVID. And he's one of the folks that encouraged us, their congregation, sent us support. I'd never met him, and I just love this guy. We, we hit it off over the phone. And I said, I'm going to be up in that area, and I'm with Charlie Kirk, and he wants to come. He goes, that'd be great. And I call him later for some details. He goes, I'm, I'm in the ninth day of this COVID. It's really... It's hit me heavy. And I send him the hydroxychloroquine connections, the uh, COVID silver bullet, all the information we've done. I sent it to him. Yeah. But I'm not real tight with him in that capacity, and I don't know the medical care he's getting. Now he's in the hospital. Oh. I don't know if he's on a respirator. I don't think he is. But when, when you're on a respirator, that's, that's not bad. good. That's really bad. But this has really affected him. But one of the things he te texted me, I said, look, if you don't want us to come, he goes, no. Whatever course this virus takes, freedom is critical. Mm -hmm. Freedom is critical, and the church is essential. Mm -hmm. So th this is America. Mm -hmm. You know, if one person with stage four cancer that's susceptible, another who's standing firmly in a pulpit declaring religious liberty who has it, and yet everyone else is paralyzed by fear with a virus that, as we look at the numbers, it just doesn't... This isn't... Mm -hmm. This isn't the, the Spanish flu, no. the influenza of 1900, early no, 1900s. Thank, thank God it's not. Um, are California doctors allowed to prescribe hydroxychloroquine? We kind of covered it. You can lose your license. You've no. got to prescribe it for specific things. We no, talk you about no, you don't. Um, it's a non-controlled substance, uh, unlike Vicodin, Oxycontin, um, Adderall, Ritalin, uh, benzodiazepines, Valium, Ativan, Xanax, those are controlled substances. Although this is, I think on the market you can get more for hydroxychloroquine on the black market <laughs> than you can for all the you drugs may, you just described. Combined. Maybe you want to buy some? <laughs> <laughs> so it's non-controlled and it's very safe. It's been around for 65 years. Uh, it was designed originally to work on malaria, and we still use it for malaria. So if you traveled over to the game parks in Africa where they have malaria, I'd put you on hydroxychloroquine or one of the variations on the theme, and we do that routinely. 
Um, millions of people take hydroxychloroquine every single day for rheumatoid arthritis and systemic lupus, and they do so in doses very similar to treatment doses for COVID-19. Only for COVID-19, you take it for five days as opposed to taking it for every single day of the year. So yes, I'm allowed to prescribe it as I can any drug, and I can prescribe it off-label. So no, doctors aren't losing their license for prescribing it. They're losing their license for, actually, they're not losing their license. They're often losing their job. My uh, friend, uh, Dr. Gold, that many of you Simone. probably, Simone, yeah, many Simone. of you know, she's one of the frontline doctors. She's actually the leader of the frontline, America's frontline doctors group. And she was fired from two jobs that she had because she spoke out. One was a, a hospital that had a Kaiser contract. Kaiser does not dispense hydroxychloroquine. And so, yeah, this has affected her personally. It's affected her livelihood. Fortunately, I have a private practice. My job isn't at risk. I've got a wonderful partner that supports what I do most of the time. Um, and uh, yeah, I can prescribe it, but I'm hassled almost every time I prescribe it. Dr. Barkey, why are you prescribing this? With all due respect, uh, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Pharmacist, um, it's really not your business why I'm prescribing it. That's between me and the patient, and it's a HIPAA violation for me to even have this conversation with you. And I try to be respectful. I respectfully ask that you dispense this product to my patient. Most of the time they will do that, not all the time. And, and another secret is finding the pharmacy uh, to call it into, because there are some pharmacies mm -hmm. that are just as amiable as the doctors that mm -hmm. prescribe it. Some are. Yeah, some. Yeah. And I, I've got connections on that one. Excellent. Right, in Ventura, is Ventura County still coming after Godspeak? You know, uh, Ventura County is... Uh, you want to turn it off? Is that good? All right. Uh, Ventura County uh, is wise in their application of this because uh, after the hearing on the uh, emergency temporary restraining order and then found in contempt, uh, Judge O'Neill gave us a $3,000 fine, but we haven't had any health uh, officers come out since then, and they have brought the, the case or hearing to the end of September. And so... Uh, they've done what I think every county should do, just back off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, I think we have wise elected officials here that don't want to have their sheriff's deputies coming in to shut down churches. Right. And, uh, and, and I think that the more we start to look at this as a county, um, I, I think we need to just start standing. Well, you know, the, mm -hmm. there's a document that tells us how we should be behaving. Bring it out. There it is. <clears throat> Here it is. Constitution. It's the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. This document was never designed to restrict citizens. Nope. It was designed to restrict, restrict the, the government. government. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we've got it backwards right now, and it's time for individual citizens to stand up yeah. and say enough is enough. So we, we do have a case coming up, and I'll keep you posted on that. Uh, we are in violation of the restraining order, but we haven't been brought back into court uh, by the county, uh, by any of the health officials who are seeking to have another fine placed on us. They've kind of stepped back from that. So that's promising. Um, it's, it's eight o'clock here. Uh, do we have any other questions? Or I thought I saw one more. We're good. All right. Well, it's the top of the hour. You guys, I know Seal Beach, close to Seal Beach. What was the place? Rossmore. Rossmore. I, I just, I'd yeah, never heard of it. It's an unincorporated part of Orange County. It's called Rossmore. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Well, I know it's a little bit of a drive, mm -hmm. but if it's the church that. is alive, it's worth the drive. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, it is. Would you all come back? Would love to. I, and and I, I think it really comforts people to have these questions answered. Mm -hmm. and, and as the audience is growing, it's not just simply here in California, but across the nation. Yeah. And even the world, we have people tuning in from all over the place. Um, the more that they can hear the clarity of the answer to the confusion that has been established by the disinformation, and, and to be able to ask you personally, and then to have access to this book to have a ready answer. Takes their fear away. It does. Mm -hmm. And then also, I think, Mary, too, with, with what you're doing and still contending with the state and trying to push that, mm -hmm. other people can take courage and participate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That, that uh, but both of us stepping forward to contend mm -hmm. for justice, mm -hmm. if we can do it, anyone can do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But the reality is, do it. Yes. Don't do wait it. for us to do it. Mm -hmm. You do it. In your Everybody own way. Everybody do it. Find yeah. a way. Find right. a way. Find a way to stand up for or your what rights. What does Dennis Prager say? If you can't do it, help somebody do it. Yeah. You know, support them in their. If you can't do it, help somebody do it. But mm -hmm. let me tell you what helping isn't. Don't tell me how to do it. Right. Helping right. means fund the exactly. attorney that's doing yeah. it. Exactly. Help financially, exactly. or go and carry a corner of the stretcher for mm -hmm. someone who's yeah. you know, carry somebody's arms. Mm -hmm. But people think that. You know, hey, when you knock on doors, you need to tell people this. Mm -hmm. No, no, you knock on the doors and you tell people that. Right. right. Get up, right. go do something. Right. right. This is critical. <laughs> yeah. right. So I, I want to encourage everybody. This is, we've got less than 60 days yeah. for a fundamental change of a nation yeah. that you've had the privilege to, to be in a lineage, 244 years of more freedom than the world has ever known. It's about to disappear. Yes. And it's critical. So stand up. Absolutely. Pastor Rob, it's an honor to be here. It is. It's an honor to be with you guys. Yeah. You're, you're heroes. I mean, this is, this is uh, epic. We're not heroes. We're ordinary citizens yeah. that have had the courage to stand up. That's yeah. a hero. Yeah. Yeah. It's not anybody of supernatural strength. It's somebody of willingness. That's you. And that's you. Thank you. Bless Great you guys. To be here. Let me pray bless for you. you. Sure. Please. Lord, I, I thank you for Jeff and Mary. I thank you for their faithfulness. And Lord, even driving a great distance, uh, describing themselves of the Jewish faith, but realizing their heart to be here at God speak and to rejoice and be encouraging to all of us and to stand with us and to even make the circuit to these churches to witness liberty in action. Lord, what a blessing to have this couple and to call them my friends and what a joy to have them in my life. And Lord, Thank you for bringing them to God speak. Thank you for the way in which you've uniquely equipped them and the way in which they're faithful to serve you and, and the people of this nation and this world. So God, let them not grow weary in well-doing. Thank you for the joy they possess. Your, your word says that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And tonight we declare um, before your throne of grace that Jeff and Mary have refreshed us. And so Lord, we pray that you would refresh them in accordance. Bless them. Thank you for them. And thank you for this night. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so. Thank you. We always close with a blessing. And this is, this is kind of a cool blessing. It's out of numbers. Um, and and I, I, are you up for reading it tonight? Love to. All right, so we post it up there so it's easy to, to see. And just read it as a. This is number 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance, countenance, yeah. countenance upon you and give you peace. He nailed it.
Thank you. Bless you guys. Oh, I won't leave you hanging, Mary. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much. And then I, 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 I hopefully I bought, I made the agreement with you that mm. I bought 500 of your 1,000 coffee I'll copies. bring them out personally next week. All right. And, um, and if you're interested in it, we'll have them here at the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not tomorrow, but next week. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you come out, and I'll, I'll sell you one of them. And they're a great book to have. Mm-hmm. Seriously, check them out. Be blessed. All right, we'll see you tomorrow night, and hopefully we'll see you tomorrow morning, 9, 11, and 1. We have Joseph Bondarenko, uh, most wanted man by the KGB, pastor in Soviet Ukraine, 23 hours in solitary confinement every day, one hour outside. Um, and and he, is, he witnessed what happened to a, a country he loved, and he was a Christian worshiping as a pastor of a church, and within... A nanosecond, it was wow. all taken, and wow. he found himself yeah. in prison. We'll watch, uh, we'll stream it and watch yeah. it. You'll, it, it. It's worth being here tomorrow. You'll have a chance to see uh, a hero, mm-hmm. and uh, a, it'll be an encouragement to all of you. Nine, 11, and one, you're all welcome to come. If you're worried about uh, social distancing and masks, you can listen to the broadcast out in the parking lot. We'll broadcast on a FM station. If social distancing and masks are not a concern to you, come and grab a seat. And uh, we do have ionization machines and UV lights, and we've got hand sanitizer. So come and be blessed because church is essential. Absolutely. God bless you all. Good night, everybody. Good night.